Hello friends, welcome to Soul Fed with Gabby. I'm your host Gabby and I'm so thankful that you tuned in today. This podcast is all about true and real health and wellness. That means we dive so much deeper than the food. We talk about spiritual health, mental health, healing your relationship with food and your body, lifestyle stuff, all of it. This space is open for everyone and all are welcome here. I want this to be a peaceful space for you to come and leave feeling encouraged. I'm so thankful that you're here and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello friends, welcome or welcome back to the podcast. I am so thankful that you tuned in today as always. Today's episode, we are getting personal, (laughs) which I think we do in all of them, let's be real. But um, this one is all about my story with mental health. So I talk a lot about my eating disorder and that's something I've been very open and just have talked a lot about in my social media time um but I haven't really like I don't know if I've ever just kind of like shared my whole mental health story and so that's kind of what I wanted to do today I have (laughs) struggled with mental health um basically my entire life and I just kind of wanted to share that with you guys help you feel less alone And to just bring any hope and encouragement that I can bring to you. So, um, me and mental health, we go way back. (laughs) Um, Actually, my journey with mental health started... Well, to start out, I've always just been a very, 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 very reserved, uh, shy, kind of scared child. Um, like people talk about, you know, go back to your childlike self where you just didn't care and you had that childlike faith. I never had that once in my life. Um, I have no memories of just feeling free and carefree and like a child. Um, I was always just scared of everyone and everything and just very shy, very reserved and yeah, just like never, um, I don't know. I just, I've always had trust issues, which I've grew up in a very loving family. And so I really don't know where it came from. Um, but I had always struggled with that even before this time. But then the summer before second grade, my dog, who was kind of like my best friend at the time, um, we had moved the year before this, um, and yes, because I was so shy and reserved, I didn't have like many friends and especially friends that I felt connected with. I think that's always been my biggest struggle is finding people that I like genuinely connect with. Um, and so, you know, my dog, who was my best friend, passed away in my bed. Um, <laughs> I remember the night very vividly. Um, and yeah, he always slept with me and he would start out like right next to me I would rub his stomach until I fell asleep and then he would go to the foot of the bed it was just like this daily little routine that we had together and yeah I just remember like watching him take his last breath and then (laughs) I was like poking his eyeballs to see if they closed or they didn't (laughs) um and yeah the rest is history um bad night I remember every single detail of that night down to the episode of that's so raven that I watched with my brother um and it's it's taken me like only until the last few years to realize that that was actually traumatic for me I've always just kind of brushed it off and been like well that can't be traumatic like that's silly you know it's just my dog dying that's silly whatever just really like downplaying that but um trauma can look different for everyone and for me this was a traumatic event 
in my life and um it really just triggered this traumatic season of my life um after this day like I could not function like a normal human and this is where it really gets like a little blurry for me I have like specific very vivid memories but I was even just like a few months ago talking to this about my mom and I was like yeah that was a really hard month and she was like month like that was like a year from the time the time that my dog died to the time that I like finally got diagnosed and got put on medication was a year and in my mind it's like a month max that's just like how much my mind kind of just erased that time of my life that year of my life um I couldn't anytime I was like separated from my parents I just could not function and I had all of these fear I was literally consumed by fear to the point where I was debilitating um I had fears like I was gonna die in my sleep and um cancer tumors um like even my eyeballs popping out of my head like some really seemingly silly things but they were not silly to me at the time um and just like all of these fears that would just consume me and it was a very very difficult season because you know as like a seven eight year old seven or eight I don't remember the exact age but you know that time like you feel like your parents can fix everything and I think it was really difficult walking through that season and realizing like whoa my parents can't fix this because I remember just seeing them so helpless and I do kind of struggle with this sometimes like a lot of guilt um, because I know that caused them like a lot of stress um, it was just a very difficult season of my life and no one really knew what to do with me um, even the doctors like I was getting all these tests done and I even got an MRI done on my brain because they literally thought there might have been something wrong with my brain that's how kind of crazy it was and how much I could not function like a normal human um and so I went through about a year I guess of doing this and um going to therapists and like trying out everything until I finally just like saw this one doctor and he diagnosed me with OCD and ADD and apparently that combo for me just resulted in really bad anxiety um and so I got put on ADD medication at that time and by the grace of God, like, I was able to function after that, and, you know, I've talked to some doctors and stuff about that just since, and just, like, talking about my story, and they're, like, it's really interesting, because that would not be our first choice to put you on ADD medication, because usually that doesn't work, but it worked beautifully for me, and I, from that point on, was, was able to function <laughs> like a normal person, but I still had quote-unquote normal <laughs> Um, cause what even is normal, but I still had this, it felt like I had this really big secret that I had to hide from people. And like, you know, that time we've come a really long way. I feel like in our society with mental health and being honest and open about it and being on medication for it. I feel like we've come a really long way with that since I was in second grade and also like just what second graders are going to be open about the fact that they're on medication for their mental health like I feel like you're just not really aware of that at that age um and no one's talking about it at that age so it just felt like this thing that I just had wrong with me like I genuinely believed like I had something wrong with me and I felt so 
alone in that and I hid it from people like I didn't tell anyone I was on medication because I felt like it was this thing that I needed to hide from people um and so I think growing up that really impacted me a little more than I realized and also during that time I kind of started to form these kind of wounds that I'm still working to heal of like I'm a burden to people and just feeling really lonely and isolated yeah it just it was like a really challenging thing to walk through as a second grader and and for my whole family to walk through um which again like I'm still working through the guilt with that but I I grew up on medication and so I was on the medication from second grade or third grade through um my sophomore year of high school And, you know, throughout those years, I did have times where, like, I would have to, I would start getting anxious again, and so I would have to up the dosage of the medication, and and so I would go through little seasons like that, but overall, it was pretty, pretty much managed with the medication, and then I, we lived in Shreveport, Louisiana for nine years, and so first grade through um, sophomore year of high school, we lived there, and I decided... This was not smart, but I decided that I wanted to try and come off of my medication, and I decided to do that right when we moved um, to a a new state, a new city, after living somewhere for nine years, which coming off of mental health medication in the midst of a very large change, life change, probably isn't the best, the smartest thing to do, but I wanted to do it, um, because I knew I didn't want to be on the medication for my whole life, and I also knew that it did kind of... I didn't really feel like myself and I didn't really feel like connected to myself. I kind of felt like the medication made me emotionless in a way. And so I just wanted to see what my life would be like without it. So decided to come off of it before we moved to um, the Woodlands. And when we moved here, I thought I would be starting school online because I was a very serious ballet dancer and I'd always wanted to dedicate more time to it and do school online because um, was also never a fan of school uh, socially or just in general. Um, <laughs> I just did it because I had to to get through it. But So I thought when we moved here that I would be starting online school right away. But I found out like three weeks before school started that the program I wanted to do, you had to go to a Texas public school for at least one year. And I had just moved from Louisiana. So I found out like three weeks before school started that I actually had to go to actual school for a year and the schools here are very large I came from you know my freshman year I was at a school in Louisiana that was like a magnet school so you kind of had to test to get into it and it was just very like creatives artsy people Um, and it was also people I had essentially grown up with and it had like 900 people and so I came from that to a school where I know where I knew nobody a public school knew nobody and there were 4,000 kids almost and so very drastic difference um and it was a huge school and so I think the thing that was like really hard about it one of the things that was really hard about it is that I you know I nobody knew I was new because they see new people in their classes all the time so nobody knew that I was new to the school they just thought I was just another kid they hadn't seen yet because the school was so big And so that was really challenging. And and that year was, my gosh, it was just so hard. I, so I had come off of my medication and when I started going to the school, I actually started 
experiencing for the first time like anxiety attacks as an adult which feel a lot different as they do as a child at least they did for me um and I think part of that is because as a child like I was just so it just came out when I was a child as far as like screaming crying like it came out and as an adult I kept it in which made it made my body react a lot differently to it and so I started experiencing panic attacks in a whole new different way where nobody knew I was having a panic attack but internally like I was sweating my heart was racing my heart was palpitating the room would spin I would start seeing white um it literally I literally thought I had heart problems I thought I was having heart attacks I didn't know what was going on but I thought there was something physically wrong with me and it was just really rough but for some reason I wasn't telling anyone about it um and I finally like after googling realized that I was having panic attacks which I do not recommend I recommend if you're struggling with anything physically or mentally to talk to someone about it um I could have saved myself a lot of um pain during that time but I just kept it all to myself and I would (laughs) this is kind of a funny story but at this school I you know I was in class and I had a really bad panic attack and I made it through the class and I was like I just really need to calm down um and just like take a breather and so I went into the bathroom to just that was kind of always my safe space and my escape when I was having a panic attack was just go to a bathroom because I was like alone and I could just calm down by myself and so I did that in between classes and I was like I just really need more than like five minutes or however long it was in between classes And so I took, I was like, I think I'm just going to stay in here for my next class um, and it'll be fine. Like I'll just, they'll think I'm absent and I'll just go to my next class. I just need more time to calm down. And so I stayed in the bathroom for that class and then just went to my next class like normal. And the next day or two days later, I don't remember exactly when, I got called into the vice principal's office and he was like, we saw that you were here for these classes and only absent for one class. So we went and we looked at you on the cameras and we saw you go into the bathroom and skip a class. So you have to get detention. And I was like, what? I literally told him like I've been struggling with anxiety and I was having an anxiety attack and I just needed some time. And his response was, well, you should have gone to the nurse. I'm still going to have to punish you, but I'll make it one day instead of a full week. (laughs) So I had to go to ISS for having a panic attack. Um, (laughs) I can only hope that they have gotten a little better with that since I've been in high school. But yeah, I mean, being punished for your mental health uh, can't do good things for you. But anyway, just a funny little story um, that was not funny at the time, um, but I'm laughing about it now. But yeah, so that was kind of like that year. It was very isolating. I, um, very shy. I was very shy and just very like, I'm realizing my shyness throughout the years is just a way to protect myself. And so I, that year, this sounds really sad and, um, it was just a way for me to protect myself. I didn't really feel sad about it then. Um, it was, it was an isolating feeling, but I wasn't like crying every day. I was, I felt more comfortable doing this, but that year at the school, because I was struggling so bad with anxiety and I didn't want to make that worse by like being social and lunch was very scary. So I literally went into the bathroom (laughs) 
every day during lunch that year and just sat in the bathroom. I just sat on the toilet on my phone every day and I had early release because I did off-campus PE and I just my ballet counted as my PE and so I would get to leave at one so I would just like eat lunch when I got home um but I would yeah just sit in the bathroom every day because I was just so just it was just way too much and I was just going through too much and I just the last thing I wanted to do was ask someone if I could sit at their table at lunch and so that was kind of that year for me it was really difficult and um I think I I just brushed it off and tried to just I don't know suck it up in a way I guess and I never really acknowledged how difficult that year of my life was until honestly recently um how difficult and how isolating that year of my life was but all that to say after the first few months of being at that school I decided I should go back on my medication um and so I went back on it just to get me through that school year and then the next year I started school online and (laughs) things were great I thrived in online school you guys um I got to wake up and do it within the first few hours and then I just had the rest of the day to do ballet and for myself do whatever I wanted to do and I really felt like I was thriving with online school (laughs) Yeah, so I came off my medication and I didn't really struggle with anxiety again until my senior year of high school, which was, I guess, about a year later after coming off of it. Um, And around that time, I was having to, you know, figure out what I was going to do in this next stage of my life after graduating high school. And I felt a lot of pressure um, as someone who had been training my whole life to dance professionally I felt a lot of pressure to obviously continue that and to make a career out of that um but for some reason with like my teachers and everything I felt very pressured to go to a college and major in ballet performance um and so I spent my senior year auditioning for I don't remember how many exactly but a lot I was traveling and auditioning for different ballet departments at colleges and so that was just causing a lot of anxiety and just the anticipation of moving out and that huge life change just caused a lot of anxiety for me and I did start struggling with anxiety attacks again Um, and my anxiety attacks kind of always kind of were triggered by me being in a situation where I had to I was like forced to be still and forced to yeah just be still and sit in one place like at school at church um in the car just anywhere where I was like forced to sit and be still that's usually when my panic attacks would um come to the surface I just felt very lost and confused and just ridden by the pressures of the world um, and society and the people around me my senior year of high school and I struggled a lot with people pleasing and not wanting to disappoint people Um, and it was that year that my eating disorder developed as well and that that whole thing started and I think it started as a way for me to find control a sense of control in this season of my life that felt very out of control and controlling my body controlling my food was something that I could 
have for myself to control, to feel good about, and to have attention from other people and just like satisfy these needs because I was keeping everything bottled up and not talking to anyone about any of the struggles that I was going through. And that led to me seeking ways to cope. My eating disorder was a way for me to cope and that started my senior year of high school and continued throughout the next like four years. And uh, people say, I've heard someone say like, your genetics and personality traits load the eating disorder gun and your environment pulls the trigger. Um, and I really experienced that throughout my years of my eating disorder and it ebbed and flowed in severity. Um, but it was always its worst when I was feeling the most isolated, the most lonely. And when I was in this career that revolved around my body and I was being praised for my body and like, I can just see now in hindsight how everything makes sense and how it all really fits together. And, um, you know, I came off my medication and, and then I needed a way to cope with anxiety and just the stress of being a senior in high school these days. And my eating disorder was a way for me to try to cope with that. And, um, little did I know that was going to make my anxiety a lot worse, but at the time it was just that temporary high that made me feel good. And, it just kind of started that whole season for me and that whole struggle for me, um, which I've shared my eating disorder story. Um, I think oh, I shared my recovery story on my podcast. I shared my eating disorder story on YouTube, actually. Um, and maybe I'll record a podcast episode about that, too. But if you want to check that out, that's um, I'll link that in the show notes. But yeah, so that was kind of the start of that whole journey. But um I ended up going to one semester of college as a ballet performance major at OU, uh, the University of Oklahoma, and I actually went for a summer term and then the fall term. And so the summer semester was just like four weeks long, I believe it was about a month. And my gosh, when I went to that, I struggled with um, just really, really, really awful anxiety. Um, for the summer semester and then also the fall term, the fall semester that I went to both times. I mean, I just struggled with some of the worst anxiety of my life. I felt like I was going crazy. I was having all the physical symptoms, but then my mind just literally felt like I was going crazy and I would give myself like sinus infections and I would end up sick because of how anxious I was. And I was having panic attacks in ballet, which was the first time that had ever happened to me. Um, usually ballet was kind of like my safe space from anxiety because I was just, it was such a mind-body connection thing that it was very grounding for me and very healing for me. And so I, you know, that was the one place where I felt like I was safe from that until I think college. And I might have had a few anxiety attacks previously in ballet, but in college, like, I just couldn't make it through, I felt like, any classes without having panic attacks, um, and have to, like, leave to go to the bathroom, or, or, like, fake a sickness, <laughs> because I just couldn't, couldn't function in class, um, it was just a wild year, and, and, um, again, I feel really bad for my parents, because I would just call them crying all the time, and, you guys, it was, it was really rough and I was very, very homesick, but I think 
I was homesick. I was so homesick because I was so unfulfilled and I felt so lost and unsecure and I didn't have I had friends but I wasn't like I mean they didn't know I was having anxiety attacks so I wasn't like letting them in and fully embracing community for what it is and allowing that to be the healing thing that it is so I mean my my college experience was really really challenging and I think it's interesting because um, nobody knew that except for my parents like nobody else knew the level of anxiety that I was experiencing there and um, man yeah it was just wild and I almost went back on medication during that time but I actually <laughs> I ended up getting Chloe and which Chloe's my little dog and I got her I think in like late September of my little fall semester of college um, and honestly that was the start of me not having anxiety attacks anymore and really finding peace from that um, so emotional support pets are real <laughs> and she really just brought me so much healing um, and yeah I'm just so thankful for that little dog I got her registered as an emotional support pet so I could have her in the dorm with me um, and I got to I was actually in the athlete storms, so they were a little nicer and a little bigger. Um, so it wasn't like in a, I had Chloe in like a tiny one bedroom dorm room. Like we had really nice dorms. Um, and so it was just, I'm so thankful for that girl. And I'm so thankful that it worked out how it did. And um, that honestly like changed things for me at that point. And I, I mean, it was only up from there at that point. Um, and then I yeah left after one semester and I got signed by a modeling agency and I moved to New York in January and I think most people would think like you know if I'm having awful anxiety attacks at college in Oklahoma moving to New York alone is gonna make it so much worse but in some weird way um I was better like I I wasn't struggling with anxiety attacks and this still confuses me sometimes but I just think it's because I felt so lost and unfulfilled and I knew that I wasn't supposed to be pursuing ballet anymore I think that was honestly a really big trigger I was doing something that I I knew I was being called away from and so once I kind of I felt like modeling was the next step for me in my life and so once I stepped into that, I just found a little bit of peace and I wasn't struggling with anxiety, um, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. I wasn't struggling with any of that. And I, I lived in New York for seven months and then I moved to Hong Kong for four months and don't get me wrong. I cried a lot cause I was homesick, but I wasn't struggling with anxiety, which again, is very interesting to me. I didn't start struggling with anxiety again until um, I went to Thailand, which was, um, 20, late 2018. Um, so about a year and a half, two years later, um, I started struggling with panic attacks again. And this was the point where I think I was feeling like I was being called out of modeling and I was fighting with that. And my eating disorder was really bad and all of those things together just led to me having panic attacks again um I knew I was putting my health at risk with my eating disorder and and that freaked me out I've always been a, a hypochondriac a little bit um and I found a lot of healing from that which I'm thankful for but I've always been a bit of a hypochondriac and so 
um, struggling with health anxiety my whole life. Like it was a very much always a war in my head to have an eating disorder and struggle with health anxiety because it was like my mind was just constantly like, you need to eat, you're going to pass out or you're going to harm your health. But, but my eating disorder was like, no, you're going to gain weight. And honestly, that's when I really knew that I like really needed help was when the eating disorder voice kind of outweighed that health anxiety voice. Um, and that was a really, that's one of the, I think the reason why I opened up and got help, um, was just like acknowledging that. But anyway, I, yeah, started struggling with anxiety again then and didn't find healing from that until I stepped away from modeling. And I think it is interesting that that both times like my seasons of anxiety as an adult were the worst when I felt like was feeling unfulfilled in what I was doing and I think that's something that's important to acknowledge fulfillment in life is is really very important and also community since healing my anxiety and I haven't had an actual panic attack in a couple of years now which I'm so thankful for and I I don't do medication I've just have found healing holistically I'm so thankful for that but it's been very much a holistic thing and I I also want to say like obviously there is nothing wrong with medication um and I believe I'm so like I'm as you can hear from my story like I'm so thankful for medication it was a big part of my story and a big reason why I am functioning today. I don't know what I would have done without it as a second grader. And so I believe if, if you feel like you need to be on medication, you should do that and there should be no shame in it. But I am very thankful that I have learned holistically. And I think if you do end up going on medication, it's really important to alongside that heal the deep wounds and the root of your mental health and, and find coping skills and not just solely rely on the medication, but also find healing in your life through community, taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, finding a fulfilling career, finding fulfilling relationships. Like it's so important to, even if you are on medication alongside that, do the work of healing and go to therapy and, and do all of that and heal the deep wounds. And yeah, for me, obviously, I, I talk about this a lot, but a big part of my healing journey and continues to be with my anxiety and just my mental health in general is my faith and giving that to the Lord and talking to the Lord and, and taking my emotions to the Lord. That's been something that I've only kind of really dived into recently, just like with the events of last year for me, um, just like telling the Lord everything like I'm feeling sad I'm feeling scared I'm feeling frustrated and filling my mind with the truth and so filling my mind with scripture with what the Lord says about me with what the Lord says about my future and the promises that he says and just filling your mind with whatever's true whatever's lovely and beautiful and gratitude has been obviously a game changer I talk about that a lot and journaling and just all of these quieting the noise social media boundaries all of these things that I talk about all the time and that's what I love about holistic health is it not only helps you heal your your physical health but it goes into every single area and not only did it help me heal from my eating disorder but I also heal from my anxiety attacks and like all of these different things like it just it really does flow into everything that you do and that's why I'm so passionate about it so yeah that is 
a brief summary of my mental health journey. Really, I guess my anxiety journey and I didn't really dive into what OCD looks like for me, but that is has definitely been a struggle for me and I know it's something that a lot of people um, struggle with in eating disorders. OCD for me comes out in a few different ways I guess I'll talk about just really briefly, but some ways that OCD comes out for me are like obviously through routines. So like I can easily get like attached to routines and when I am not able to do them, even though now I've adapted very healthy routines, it is sometimes still a struggle for me to stray from those routines and that is definitely an OCD thing. Um, I do have little quirks. <laughs> like I didn't even know this was OCD until the last couple of years that so I've really been diving into mental health, but I have little quirks of like, you know, things need to be on even numbers. I really love fours. If I touch something and it doesn't feel right, I have to touch it again and then I have to touch it four times. And um, I have to, when I'm going up or down stairs, I have to end on my right foot. It's just like these little quirks that I don't even really, they're just so ingrained in my mind. I don't even think about them anymore. Um, so that's the way OCD comes out for me. And also just like obsessing over thoughts. So it's really easy for me to get consumed in my thoughts because I'm just like obsessing over them and my mind likes to just obsess over things. So whether that's something I'm going through, something that I'm feeling, like I will just obsess over it and overthink things and that is definitely a way OCD um, still impacts me and it's something I talk about with my therapist and work through um, and it's not it doesn't control me that's the thing about my OCD now is that it doesn't control me I know I can do these things and be fine and I do if like I'm going on vacation or I'm going on a trip like I have no problem with that so it doesn't prevent me from living my life it's just a way that I like find comfort with doing these little like routines and quirks and whatever so that's kind of where I'm at with it now it does not control me at all I don't feel controlled by it I don't feel debilitated by it but it does kind of come out and I do have to be aware of like especially with the the thoughts and becoming obsessed obsessive with thinking and with certain thoughts that I've had to I have to kind of counteract that and like talk to people about it and get it out of my head. Um, I find that really helpful. But anyway, that's just a little bit of my OCD that has, I think, just really been intertwined with my anxiety and obviously my eating disorder and everything. It's just kind of been a thing that's there. But it's a real thing and I always just thought I was just a weirdo and just... I mean, I've grown up just feeling so alone in my mental health, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about doing what I do now. It's because I just want to be the person that I needed when I was going through it and when I felt so alone. Um, and so I just wanted to record this quick little, oh, it might not be quick at this point, but just this little episode to just let you guys know you're not alone. And I get it. And honestly, you know, obviously I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but I look back in hindsight and I'm really thankful for these struggles that I've gone through because of the ways that they have shaped me into who I am today and led me closer to the Lord and, and really refined me and um, given me an empathy for other people. I think that's one of the greatest like things about it is that I can just relate to so many people and empathize with people and I get it. 
I just, I've been through it with my mental health. And so I just want you to know that you are not alone and you are not messed up. You're not broken. You can find freedom from this. This is not a life sentence. It doesn't define you. And there's peace and there's freedom. And it's going to look different for everyone too. Don't compare your story to mine or anyone else that you see. There's no right or wrong way to find peace with your mental health. Like I say, there's no right or wrong, wrong way to do recovery. There's no right or wrong way to heal your mental health and to be able to manage your mental health. There's no right or wrong way to do that. So I just want to encourage you in that too. There, there should be no shame around the way that you find peace with your mental health and the way you go about healing. But I obviously big, big, big supporter and encourager of getting help and support because you aren't meant to go through this alone. So whatever that looks like for you, whether that's going to therapy, which I'm a huge supporter of therapy. It's helped me so much throughout the years and I still go and I still find healing from it. So just going to therapy, talking to people, getting your struggles out of the dark and into the light, that would have saved me so much pain and self-destruction if I had just let people in and I had just been honest and real and communicated about what I was going through internally, that would have saved me so much. So if I could encourage you to do anything, it would just be open up to someone, get some help, get some support, get some encouragement. You are not alone in this. Um, and that is just, I will never stop saying that. You're not alone in this. So I hope this episode brought you a little realness a little peace let you know you're not alone I get it I've been there I think back to my little um ah. <laughs> here I go getting emotional um I think back to my little second grade self <laughs> and I just want to give her a hug because she felt so broken and I think if I could see myself today <laughs> if my second grade self could see myself today wow um, I think she would just, she wouldn't believe it. That's for sure. Um, she would not believe it. And I don't think anyone around me would, <laughs> would have believed that I would be where I am today. And I'm just so thankful. Gosh, I'm just so thankful. And I just want to give you guys hope that no matter how lost and how broken you feel, there's freedom and there's peace and, and there's healing. You can find freedom. You can find peace. You can find healing. Um, oof. Your story isn't hopeless. There's so much hope for you. Um, yeah. I love you. I'm here for you. And I'm genuinely so thankful. I just want to take a minute to thank you um, for listening to my podcast, for supporting my podcast. The encouragement and the love from this podcast means the absolute world to me. Um, and I can't say that enough and I can't really put words to it, but you know, as a little girl who grew up believing that she didn't have a voice that was worthy of being heard to now have a podcast, I just, like, there really are no words for that other than I'm just so in awe and so thankful. Um, so thank you for supporting this. Thank you for listening to this. I'm so excited to continue the journey of it and continue just sharing on a deeper level with you guys and connecting on a deeper level with you guys i'm so thankful to be able to do this if you wouldn't mind rating the show sharing it if you feel like it um leave me a review all of these things are so helpful 
and they would mean the world to me. So yeah, I just want to thank you guys for supporting. Um, I'm so thankful for every single one of you. We're in this together. You're not alone. I love you guys and I will be talking to you next week.